Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long, 500 episode long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I don't, I, don't have, I don't have a witty remark because it's crazy that we've been doing this for 10 years, 500 episodes. Um, yeah, like, and, and we always just, we were like, oh, what are we going to do for 500? That seems like a milestone you can't ignore. Yeah, like, I mean, at first we were like, oh my God, episode 50, we have to do something. Episode 100, whoa! And then, like, as the milestones kind of went by, it's like, well, we've had lots of 50s now. Okay, now we've had lots of hundreds. But yeah, there's something about 500 that just seems like it's worth mentioning. And so thank you to everybody who, like, contributed in our Discord and was like, hey, these are all the things we want you guys to to chat about because uh yeah we're we're gonna talk about some some things we're gonna do some reminiscing off the top here um thanks to your suggestions so uh if you guys want to join in the conversation you can head on over to bit.ly slash tgi discord but uh yeah there were some great suggestions and uh like you said ryan it, it seemed like we needed to do something <laughs> like as yeah. much as you know as busy as we've gotten and and as much as we've got going on and everything else like it's still it felt like a time to pause and to think <laughs> holy fuck 10 years <laughs> yeah and um i kind of uh i kind of have a surprise for you because i said pre-show like oh you know we forgot we forgot it was 500 and um I, I didn't quite forget. Um, I worked with some folks in the Discord, some fans of the show, and uh, we're going to play a game before we get into the reminiscing. Oh, no! Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to play this uh, this intro clip here for, for everybody as we head into Guess That Game. remember when we replaced that intro uh my brother made that for us when he was still in audio editing school um and that was like oh my god i feel like i remember talking to andrew allen to make the new one mm -hmm. like in, when i was in montreal and it, i was with matt but i feel like that trip was like when we like first started dating or like the first summer I was in Ontario or something. Cause I'm pretty sure we went to Montreal for dream hack. So like, I don't, I don't know. It was years ago. Anyways, is the point it's 2022. Yep. That would have been like 2017, maybe like, <laughs> yeah, it was 2016. It's in the, it's in 2016. the file. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> uh, late 2016. Uh, the only reason I know that is because uh, I see the file name every time we edit. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was our intro from way back in the day for our first four years. Mm -hmm. uh, surprised it lasted that long, but I, I now see why we upgraded. Um, not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with the first one. Sorry, Jocelyn's it's brother. Like, it's just, it's like nostalgic yes. now. <laughs> I had to, I had to bring it out. So, um, you know, we won't delay further. So basically what I did is I asked uh, some fans of the Gamers Inn to pick some of their favorite moments from the last oh, 10 no. years. Oh, my God. And, uh, Good and on them for remembering, because that's one thing like because there's, there's some questions and some topics that you guys submitted that I'm like, 
how the hell do I know? <laughs> I know. And there are some real um, winners here. I had to go back through 500 weeks of show notes. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I had some help. So uh, I'm not going to say that um, this. So I pulled the first clip just to get us going. I feel like this is an easy one. Oh, my one. God. It's a clip show. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do you think we did it? Some... I thought it was going to be you were going to like ask me questions and I'd get like multiple choice answers or something. Oh, no. God. There's clips. Fuck my life. We're all going to, uh, you and I are both going to, if I had to edit these and, and revisit these, these, uh, so I'll say this, um, all these clips are from various years, including our second year of operation. Oh uh, so there's some various, uh, variations of audio quality. You'll have yeah, to forgive us yeah. here. Uh, most of it is, um, on my end, although there appears to be some temporary microphone situations going on as well. Um, and off-site recording so just oh keep that God, in mind okay. as you're listening to this but this these first two are from the last couple years they should sound n what you're used to but uh here's okay, the so first clip the point? so you're gonna play the clip and then i have to guess what the game is we're talking about exactly and i okay, have uh, okay. bleeped out the game names as there's a couple that include it so if you notice some glitches that's that's what that is okay so, that's what it is okay here's the first one it's it should be it should come to you uh let me know when you know it and then i will stop the clip so here okay. we go. It's you you're like this omnipotent being sort of thing where you have your like top down view of your city and and like there you're missing that kind of personal connection really. Like mm. I don't remember any of the names of any of my citizens like nothing really it's, it's not that no but like, <laughs> it just it doesn't have that that level of personal con connection so it's like it's a lot easier because of just the design of the game to make decisions based purely on numbers as opposed like, to sending the kids to the mine oh, right like we're, oh, we're on the I same was, page here i got it just before you said the mine thing <laughs> all right what do you think it is it's frostpunk yes it is frostpunk um that episode uh it was one where, you know what? It was it was honestly a pretty... Um, also, you know, I hate the sound of my voice. I don't know how you guys <laughs> listen to me for 500 episodes. <laughs> I also don't like the sound of my voice. And when I'm editing it, it is a problem. But um, <laughs> I make it through for everybody. Uh, so the thing about Frostpunk is that conversation was pretty... Um, it was fine. Like it was mostly just like talking about mechanics. But it started to go off the rail as you start to get into outside of the the mechanics but in into like the moral decisions in the game um i was gonna say as soon as i said i could start making decisions based on numbers i was like oh i killed people what city builder type game was like killing people <laughs> <laughs> named people people you could like look in on and and assign to different places yeah yeah Frostpunk went some places yes it did <laughs> Uh, so that was our first one. Good job. I figured it would be easy, but uh, we start to it get into it. It took me longer than I care to oh. like admit. <laughs> That's all good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to the next clip. Struggling with layering things, like layering additional features. On top features. of an existing system. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like they, and you know, this could be very well like one of those scenarios where the easiest way to get the July 3rd update into this into this game uh in a timely fashion was to say hey the wetsuit breaks everything so don't let them do anything with the wetsuit oh um, i know what it is i never did any what is it 
Is it Animal Crossing? <laughs> it is Animal Crossing. That is correct. Uh, we talked about I this. I uh, New Horizons specifically. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. It was the update uh, from July. And that was a clip submitted by uh, Val. So thank you, Val, for sending that one. Oh, uh, Val. Val has been here for like literally probably 500 episodes if not 500 499 like val is like a day one fan and i love her yes <laughs> also i feel like i need like a ding like a buzzer to hit but the only thing i have is this <laughs> hey you know what that it's works my swear button <laughs> which i obviously never use <laughs> no no why would you um you would you know you don't you don't swear uh <laughs> that's the reason you don't use it everyone knows you're lying <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I you know what's funny uh i didn't i didn't get a sound for correct or, or incorrect but uh yeah you know what it, it's all for fun no one's keeping score um okay like this is to prepare you because this next clip it heads a little bit back in time this one is tougher because it's not talking about the game but it's m myself recounting uh an experience i had in relation to a, a, a real life experience in relation to a game. So here we go. A week later, fast forward, the double XP stuff works great. You enter the code, get double XP, it's fun. Doritos, they were delicious. Um, oh, leaving oh, Walmart oh. a week later, uh, <laughs> I a stumble upon a discarded- Whoa, Okay, yeah, go ahead. It's Halo! <laughs> ah, but which one? Four! Oh yeah, it was Halo 4. Uh, yes! yes. <laughs> Correct. Correct. As soon as you said Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't know this. <laughs> That's good. Oh, man. You this remember is a that? a good game. <laughs> yeah, you're doing really well. Okay. So that one is from uh, our late 2012. So our first year. That was episode 50. And that was submitted by Whirlwind. Here's the tough one uh, with this one. There was actually two moments that we could have clipped. One was Ryan doing a, a very bad impression of uh, someone who was high, uh, who was also shopping for Doritos. <laughs> and I did not include that um, for yeah, no real reason, really. I just oh felt God. like uh, the garbage pick. That's amazing. <laughs> this one, it was me picking up a piece of garbage and taking it home and, and redeeming the code. And uh, getting the code, I remember. I'm sorry, I should have let it keep going, but I just, I was so proud of myself for remembering that. <laughs> then I got I'll a little cue it back away. up. Let me see if I can cue it back up to where we left off here. Uh, I stumble upon a discarded bag of Doritos, an empty bag, on the ground, and I'm thinking to myself, hey, there's a code on the back of that. Also, stupid litterers. So I pick it up, and I take it home. <laughs> and the code, <laughs> I use the code off the bag, so I basically was just like, felt really dirty afterwards. Um, you should. Because <laughs> I picked up a piece of garbage off the ground. So, yeah, there you go. That's the... <laughs> Video game purposes. Yeah, of course. I to save the world, the, the environment, and everything else, no, right? So. Not for environmental reasons. <laughs> no, 100% just for Halo. <laughs> yeah, for, for the code. Uh, all right, so this next one is uh, from Void Kronos. He submitted a few that will be popping up. I, I don't have, we're not going to do this all show. I, I, I do have a limit to uh, to these clips, but uh, this one, uh, well, let's, let's cue in and see what it is. Yeah, so I got to my favorite part in that game where you uh, get to the old Hyrule point. Spoilers. Mm. It's, a it's a spoilers. It's, it's a 10-year-old game. It, there's no such thing as spoilers also, unless they changed the story. They did not. It's the yeah, same so, story. Um, 
some would argue that every Zelda is the same story. Um, whoa, whoa. Hmm? <laughs> you not... take that back. <laughs> yeah, let me just check my old Hyrule Historia here. Oh, yeah, okay. They're all different. They're all different. <laughs> They're all different. They just have a man, a girl, and a horse. Um <laughs> some sort of beast <laughs> as all stories should uh so any uh any guesses there i'm gonna guess it's skyward sword uh no no I... wait no no oh. oh you said it was a 10 year old game uh wind waker then the remake yes wind waker hd ah, is correct yes. you got it you got it <laughs> i was like it was after hyrule historia i was living in halifax when that came out so <laughs> like trying to track back to like when in the timeline did this episode happen? <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun one. And again, like uh, early days, that was episode 93, 2013. Um, you know, no, no, uh, no room, you know, noise level control, just just all in there. <laughs> it's all in the podcast. So uh, enjoy that flashback. Uh, this next one comes from Josh. Uh, the Josh, just Josh. I, I think that's Aww. how he goes. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. She went all on Batman too. Like her voice was just like, I don't know. Like the way <laughs> the way she was sometimes <laughs> talking to people. She's like, I'm a time traveler. <laughs> I get everybody get in my get in my time traveling machine. <laughs> I'm Max, bitch. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like uh, I don't know. I don't know whether the voice actor changed. Maybe those nosebleeds are like really hurting her. I don't know, but I felt like she was like putting on a hero voice. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird, but yeah, I don't know. It just like the this whole okay. I have to I have to deal with this cat. He's deal with like, getting into some shit. Deal with the cat. I uh, let me know when you're back. But um, I forgot I included that. I could have paused it there, but I, I included it. Like, oh my god, what was I doing? <laughs> Why? Why am I bashing my mic on my desk? Oh, I wasn't thrall was that no. makes sense. Uh oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. Uh maybe a tomb raider? Mm, so okay, I have a I have a hint system as well. I can I Okay, can look at this. okay. So uh some keywords in there, uh time travel, uh nosebleeds. Um uh if that's not doing it, I can give you the year. It was 2015. It was an adventure game we were talking about. Um we enjoyed like, I it. I feel like time traveling nosebleeds should be telling me exactly what I need to know, but I'm so blanking. <laughs> uh, it was an adventure game that we uh, liked the first three episodes just based on the premise of how you could control time and how that affected the story. Uh, we did not enjoy the last couple of episodes of it. Is was it-, it Life is Strange? It was Life is Strange, yes. Okay, I'm like... I can't remember what your powers were in that game. <laughs> it's been so long, and I feel like I hated the end so much that I just blocked the whole thing out of my mind. But yeah, yeah. time traveling nosebleeds was a hundred percent should have been the dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. That was a tough one, and it was uh, it was a franchise that, as you can tell, you know, I really enjoyed True Colors, but. Uh, it, that franchise has come a long way, uh, as you can tell from that clip. Uh, we also have another one from Void Kronos, uh, and uh, I won't play the whole clip, but I'll play sections of it, and I'll, I'll at strategic points, I'll ask you to guess. So here we go. It is a very punishing franchise. It always has been, but man, it is. So he's playing on PC, <laughs> oh. and it is freaking <laughs> oh, beautiful. Which one? Uh, um, 
Two? Two? No. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, it, it's Dark Souls 3. Um, uh, I was like, I don't know. I didn't really think I played any of them. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, this one, basically, Matt was playing it, and uh, I think you you uh, you were describing, you had, you had uh, witnessed him okay. play it. And uh, basically, I mean, I'll play a little bit more of it. You were, you, yeah, it's yeah, pretty go. glowing. <laughs> In a really, really creepy way. But, like, right. the graphics on it are really, really impressive. And the character design is so cool. Matt so, was fighting this boss, and mm-hmm. it was like... This had, like, really, really over-exaggerated, elongated, like, torso and limbs and stuff. It was almost, like, reminded me of, like, how bugs must look at stick bugs. They're just like, what's even... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you uh, you dug Dark Souls 3. I don't think... I think I played a little bit of it, and, uh, yeah, it was more Dark I think Souls. I dug it because I didn't have to play it. Yes. <laughs> because then by that point in time, I was living with someone who was good enough to actually play and beat those games and, yeah. like, make some progress. So... <laughs> you can enjoy it. I was it. able to, like, experience some of the cooler, you know, later on mechanics and boss design and stuff without having to push the buttons myself because I just can't. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I feel you. Uh, Void had submitted that one. He thought it would be fun to look at Dark Souls three and uh, consider you had you had thought maybe Elden Ring was something you'd check out just based on uh, how it. Yeah, looked it's like stuff. I went from like first Dark Souls, which was like hell no, to Dark Souls two, going like eyebrow raise to Dark Souls three, where it was fun to watch. Like maybe it's a little bit more every time they're pulling me in. It's only taken ten years. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so I have three more clips. This one comes from uh, Babylon Redeemer. So here we go. That's the beauty of games is that you can have these two different experiences and not have to get in an internet war over the fact that these are two different games. You know, that's what I'm trying to to, to say here is like, can't we they all just get along? Games. One's good and one's bad. Ooh. <laughs> oh. So I, I just got the, the hacking idea. <laughs> the next segment should give it away, but any guesses yet? Well, I thought originally maybe it was a Pokemon because they're two different, like they're not really two different games. They're two different versions, but then saying one's good and one's bad. Mm. Did I love the end Pokemon so much that I would call the one I didn't pick bad? Hmm. It's not Pokemon. Oh, uh, you'll, you'll get okay, it. It's not this. Pokemon. Okay. Okay. Module to take over things. Like shove it up the horse's mouth and be like boop 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 boop, and then you can ride them. Yes, because that's how that works. Uh, yeah, that's how hacking works, everybody. <laughs> it's a yeah, really you cool just mechanic. Have, to have a stick, and then you stick it in stuff, and you go boop boop boop, and then you own it. That's how things work. Yeah, um, I really but... <laughs> don't try that in Zelda. Gosh, whatever you do. All right, so uh, what do you think that game was? <laughs> so that's got to be Horizon Zero Dawn, right? <laughs> yes. So that was our. <laughs> So wait, what was the one's good and one's bad comment about then? It was Breath of the Wild. One Horizons. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was a, makes sense. That was a fun one where uh, I think it was. Uh, sh- this was a later one. I think it was. It was definitely in 2017, but it was after both Breath of the Wild and Horizon had come out. A couple months after both had come out, and uh, we were. I had finally played Horizon, so we had we had that discussion. And I'm glad we don't have to have Zelda and Horizon in the same uh, yes. <laughs> quarter this time around. There's a month left, Ryan. Only one more month. I know. It's crazy. Literally, to, to this day today, of recording. Today, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's exciting. Um, 
All right, this is another one uh, here from Void Kronos. It's super fun. Every game is like an adrenaline rush. Like the, I had the music stuck in my head on a loop because it's like the same music track over <laughs> hey, and over yeah, and over again. Over. Like, it's good stuff. Even when I was like going around doing stuff in my like in my real life, I had the theme. <laughs> so I was like, I was like doing stuff faster because I had this song stuck in my head and i was like go 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 (laughs) like so i mean it was it's really fun it's Mm -hmm. really addictive um the gameplay is a little bit odd it took me a while i tried the single player and i really didn't like it Mm -hmm. but i love the multiplayer all right jocelyn any guesses Uh Mm, this could be a stumper the only thing i can think of like right off the top of my head where i didn't like the single player but i did really dig the multiplayer was splatoon 2 that is exactly it. You got yes! it. Yes! Oh, yeah! I am so good at this game! <laughs> you are good at remembering things we did. <laughs> Which is really funny because I struggled with that a lot this afternoon while I was trying to put the show notes together. <laughs> well, I mean, in our defense, like, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, that goes into the podcast and it's, it's in the moment and it, it can be fleeting. And I mean, we talk. I can't remember who I was talking. I can't remember who I was talking to. Um, but I, um, I think it was um, maybe the guys after tack or something. And like we're saying, like we don't remember the words that come out of our mouth at the end of the show. Like you could ask me what the beginning topic on tack was, literally in the post show, and I'd be like, I don't know. I have the hardest time even like naming episodes and making blog posts and stuff because. I don't remember what we talk about at all. So, yeah, <laughs> the fact that like hearing it back is like triggering things in my brain to remember. I'm just like, wow, my brain is a weird and wonderful place. Well, there you go. That just goes to show that it's in there. You just need to. It's in there somewhere. I just need the yeah, the right. It's like the, when you smell something and then it like brings back a memory you didn't even know was still in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Come on, that's happened to you, right? No, of course it has. Yeah, <laughs> okay. absolutely. You know, it, it is... Like your uh, mom's chocolate chip cookies or something, and you're like, oh, something from when I was seven. You're like, where did that come from? <laughs> that's a, There's a term for it, and I'm sure uh, someone Smell in Smell memory. It's memory. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it. I'm pretty sure it's the Latin word for smellery, you know? It's just not smellery, but... Um, you know, so we do have one last clip here, and this one comes from uh, Josh, the Josh, uh, as well. And uh, here we go. But where she was a supporting character in the first game, you already know what her personality is supposed to be, or at least what the developers want her personality to be. So you know, almost like the best ways to get through the conversations without even really having to pay attention or play the game you can just pick the bitchiest option and you get the best outcome which i feel like is just a terrible mechanic like you can't necessarily play how you want to play you play how you think the developers want you to play and that's the way to go and that's being super bitchy and (laughs) that was the chloe game oh god what was that called oh man i mean you you, i'd give it to you with that one literally cannot remember the game i cannot remember the name of the game i think i only played the first episode and it was just awful and you were just a horrible bitch to everyone you interacted with like your superpower yeah your superpower was being a 
fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I was, hated that game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I believe that was one. The, the uh, that's all I have for the clip. But um, I did cut out a part. Like right after that, you're like, I'm sorry, guys. There's no way I can keep playing this game. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not. I'm. It, it was an adventure game. You got three episodes. It was back when they were releasing them, like once a month or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, you jumped out. But I think I covered the last two episodes. And uh, yeah, it turns out you continue. Um, to use your superpowers to uh, somewhat meh effect, it's uh, it's not great. Um, before the it was before the storm, so life is strange before the storm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, again when you look at the life is strange, uh, you know, catalog. The first three episodes of the first one are really good, uh, and then life is strange two, from what I've heard, is pretty good. But uh, life is strange true colors is excellent. So uh, yeah. There you go. And that's all the clips I have. Which is more clips than I thought, because I didn't even know there was going to be clips. So thanks, exactly. everyone, for sending those in. Yes, yes. I really you appreciate must have, it. Like, I'm starting to get really sus, because I feel like you have some secret TGI Discord that I don't know about, because this is the second time in like a month <laughs> that you've surprised me with something that I didn't know was happening. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> private message these folks. Yes, I did. Uh, and uh, okay, out, well, that's know. not too bad because I'm I'm picturing like another <laughs> Discord server that just the whole reason it no. exists is to talk about me. So I'm really glad that's not the case. <laughs> that I'm, is not. You know, not paranoid and anxious enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it is uh, the the TGI Discord is is what you see is what you get. And uh, yeah, no, I just reached out to a few folks to help me out. And uh, they were able to provide some timestamps and their favorite moments. And, you know, like for me going through these clips, um, I remember a good, I, I remember the moments, you know, uh, when I was listening to the episodes, but I think the one that completely caught me off guard was the Batman voice uh, from mm. Life is Str- I don't remember. I don't even remember how I would get to that point. Yeah. I don't remember talking about that at all, but again, it, those life is strange ones were <laughs> yeah. i am really impressed though that some people's favorite moments came from our first 100 episodes because honestly even just listening back to those like clips and and listening to sound quality and even presentation quality i like to think i've become a much better podcaster <laughs> over the last well 500 episodes of this 400 and something of tack and all of the other shows that i've done as well and i feel like i've hopefully gotten a lot better at <laughs> getting my ideas across but i just can't believe that there are that people remember that far back and that those are some of their favorite moments although i probably had much less of a filter back then <laughs> <laughs> i uh i think that um you know these were moments that probably jumped into people's minds um when they when they were asked to find the clip i don't know if it was their favorites but i think like when you look back yeah there's I think, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, podcast friends that I am sure have a huge catalog of episodes. And I think when you look at the gamers in from episode one to 500, there's obviously been a lot of change uh, in terms of audio quality presentation, as you said, and and even just the way like everything we do with even the podcast. structure. Yeah, like... Uh, Do you remember yeah. Quickfire News? <laughs> I wish I had uh, pulled... <laughs> so we had, for the first episode, we had sound drops for like everything. Oh, God. And I had to like go into my backup software just to get uh, the the twenty the original intro um, uh, off of a different computer. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was one of those moments where we had, we had drop ins. Uh, 
yeah and it was uh it was a different time and then once i think like in the first year we really simplified the show down to um you know what we were playing and quickfire news and a topic and then we just decided like well what if then news started to bleed into the topic. It's like, well, what if we just do mm-hmm. what we're playing in news? What a novel concept for a, a video game podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were trying to be different, but at the end of the day, it wasn't really about the structure. It was about, you know, our thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and, and personalities. Yeah. And I guess people really like to listen to those. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm super happy that we've gotten as far as we have, and I think we've produced some really good content along the way. So thanks, everybody, for sticking it out with us for 500 episodes. Um, should we jump into... Do you have any more surprises, or no. should we jump into the notes and the topics? Okay. I no more surprises. <laughs> we can... This is why at the top of the show, I was like, you know, we have to cut my game. That's totally fine. We'll yeah, see. I was like, no, this should be fine. We can fly through this. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you had a half an hour's worth of yes. clip shows. <laughs> well, I, I I wanted to uh, I wanted to have something special, and we've been doing some clips in the past, and I've been trying to play around with the soundboard. So um, I was really happy to uh, get the get the submissions from the listeners because, again, at the end of the day, I don't think we would have we would not have had this many clips if the listeners no, hadn't no. put forward some of these timestamps. So I really do appreciate it, and I and even if I had gone to find the clips i probably wouldn't have pulled half these because like you said there are moments that just uh don't come straight to mind when you've done 500 episodes of a thing it is kind of funny though because um so when you played the Frostpunk clip that kind of actually leads into our first topic because that was one of my favorite games to discuss with you so that was one of the topics suggested was what were our favorite games to discuss with each other over the last 500 episodes and Frostpunk 100% made my list because I thought it was so fun to sit here and talk to you about like the kind of moral quandaries that were posed to you in Frostpunk and I was just like man it makes me feel like a horrible terrible person but there's no one I want to talk about like talk to you about being a horrible terrible person more than Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love man, that game is so much fun and it's um any other conversation you would have with uh, with another person that maybe hasn't played Frostpunk and you describe it as a fun game, uh, <laughs> they kind of look at you weird, you know? Yeah, no, I always struggle to recommend it because I'm just like, okay, so there's some child labor and some prostitution things going on. But, you know, if you can get past that, it's a very interesting title. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was actually some moments in, in that episode when I was clipping it where um, we were talking, you also have like a whole system for when uh, your citizens lose limbs, right? And then that that puts them into a, a certain category of, um, you know, amputees that are you you have to take care of, but you can also build, um, you know, uh, you know, mechanical prosthetics. Yeah, prosthetics. Thank you to outfit them and then you know reintroduce them. Put into them the back to work. <laughs> and uh, like you said, it is it is a game that is kind of tough to talk about but when you do get into it and you have a good time with it 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 is a lot of fun to talk about and i'm so glad they're making a sequel um you could you could really see them like a one and done type thing but i'm glad they're doing another one and anytime we had an opportunity to talk about it they had years of dlc and every time they had a campaign out we made sure to include it for both of us to play and to talk about Mm -hmm. because ah so much fun to talk about that game (laughs) and i'm sure fun for the listeners too as we uh we talk about all the wonderful new mechanics they'd introduce with every scenario (laughs) um 
that just make you feel terrible discussing it, but it's, it, it is in the game. Um, now there's a lot of moments, like a lot of favorite games to discuss. Like I, I kind of went, uh, you know, early on, like anything, anytime we talk about mass effect, that was one of my favorite moments because again, I came to mass effect kind of late. I was the only one in my gaming circle that was playing it. And when we started the podcast, it kind of opened up that, that, uh, gaming social circle to have a bunch of new people uh, who also enjoyed Mass Effect. So it was really nice to, uh, I don't think my enjoyment of the Mass Effect franchise, including ending up playing uh, Andromeda, I don't know if I would have played Andromeda if it weren't for the fact that we, and this isn't like a threat or anything, I wouldn't have played Andromeda if uh, if we hadn't had such a, like a, a vocal, passionate uh, group of folks that were really into the Mass Effect franchise. And, and even discussing the Mass Effect 3 ending and following all the DLC and, and the patched ending as well, like, it was still a lot of fun to talk about. Like, there are games that we would play and did not enjoy and those weren't fun conversations but (laughs) you know for for either of us like one that comes to mind is is vampire like we both really Mm. didn't like it um but even though mass effect 3 had issues we still had it i still had a great time talking about that franchise and even though andromeda was really not you know as great as the original trilogy it was still fun to talk about um Mm -hmm. i had a lot of fun with that franchise talking about on the show for sure yeah, one that I put on my list because it like spawned literally its own episode. It was our um oh shoot, I can't even remember what we Oh, inside the game uh when we were, you know, putting that out as a as a Patreon um re- reward milestone goal. It's still there. <laughs> uh, whatever. It's still a reward. Yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah, the whole idea of inside the game of of doing a deep dive on the story and lore of a of a single player experience that we enjoyed, um, Quantum Break. That was a really. I mean, we ended up recording. Was it like three hours long or something? I feel like it just kind of. There was so much to discuss in that game. We had such a good time talking about it that our you know one to one and a half hour of bonus content ended up being twice that long. And uh, yeah, so like that's why that one made my list is because basically like playing that game and talking about it to you like spawned this whole idea for another way for us to make content. It was that good of a discussion. So that Quantum Break made my list because of that. (laughs) Yeah, I did have a lot of fun with Quantum Break and it was kind of this show's introduction to Remedy games. I don't think either of us really talked about I hadn't about played yeah I hadn't played any of their stuff before Quantum Break. Yeah, so that was a really fun introduction to to Remedy and as you said it did spawn um our first episode of of the the spin-off Patreon podcast where we uh, really dove into the game. Um and uh you know another one for me that was kind of digging back was and this might have been early maybe first year maybe maybe first year was Portal 2 and mm. That was a fun one where we just, again, it was a franchise that we both really liked. Um, and the fact that it got a sequel and the anticipation for it, it's, you know, landing and, and it's successful launch. And uh, outside of the, you know, PlayStation hack that happened around the same time, because I remember, I remember Portal 2 coming out. I remember it had a promotion. If you bought it on PS3, you got a, a Steam copy as well, because uh, they had put Steam on PlayStation 3 in that one game. But it was also the time when PlayStation Network was down. So I managed to like activate Portal 2 
get the Steam version, and I ended up playing the whole thing was on Steam. Was it PlayStation 3, or was it PlayStation 2? Oh, yeah, no, I think it was 3, yeah, because it would I don't even think the 2 was out when we were doing the show. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, I was trying to remember, like, how, how many consoles have there been? <laughs> I guess we're on the 5 now, so yeah, 4 and 3 for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really did enjoy, you know, and Portal 2 stuck around. Like, I think it was part of our Extra Life events for quite a while. Uh, doing the co-op stuff and uh that was just it was just a fun game and it also had like a great like a like a story to it that we could you know discuss and spoil and stuff so i really want portal 3 that's maybe the main reason i mentioned it it's uh it was yeah really nice. you're just trying to put it out in the universe i mean no one else <laughs> no is, one right? else is. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man we have been doing the show together too long <laughs> <laughs> um, the last one that I wanted to mention actually is is probably going to make you guys laugh, but uh, Fortnite, and not because of the necessarily in-depth conversations that Ryan and I had around it. It was just, I remember the first time Ryan talked about it, and this was before they introduced the Battle Royale, and he was just trying to explain like the zombies and the building, and, and he basically said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, it's a pretty fun game. I hope it sticks around for a little while. And then they put the Battle Royale in, and it exploded into what it is today. And I just remember that first conversation we ever had about Fortnite. It was like, Oh, I don't even know, like a month or two before they added the Battle Royale stuff. And uh, yeah, it was one of those things where, oh, yeah, it's a small little title. Not very many people are playing it, but I think the building mechanic is fun. And then kaboom, <laughs> huge like monolith of a game that it is now. So <laughs> I'm yeah. actually surprised that one of those uh, one of those clips wasn't Ryan's initial description of Fortnite. <laughs> that's one of my favorite memories. Yeah, Fortnite's a that was a big one. So like we got a code to check it out uh, for Zombies Ate My Podcast because it originally was a zombie game. It was a zombie game. Yeah, yeah, that's why. And I was kind of like, eh, it's a zombie game. You know, whatever. <laughs> Not really my jam. Yeah. And we like and that's the thing and it also wasn't uh wasn't something that normally would come across my radar because it was also like this you know building defend you know your town and it was a it was a campaign game that you played co-op with your friends it still is it's still in there i don't know what they call it it's probably survival or battle mode or uh, anyways it's probably uh, just that mode no one talks about yeah i i think they just keep it in there uh you know because that's where For it started legal reasons maybe i don't know uh <laughs> if they remove it then then the PUBG guys get to get to come after them but um there was a lot to Fortnite, and at launch like we checked it out for zamp and i talked about it on you know gamers in and when they added the battle royale it, it essentially removed all things zombie and it became this battle royale game and um pub was a game that we uh you played i tried to play oh i played so much of <laughs> my computer hated it uh i could barely play um i think like every time we played for extra life like it wouldn't load the buildings so by the time it loaded the buildings, someone had found me and, and, and killed me <laughs> Uh, I didn't have enough RAM. Uh, evidently, eight gigabytes was enough to run pretty much any AAA game, but not PUBG. Uh, you needed at least 16 gigabytes to run that thing. Um, but yeah, uh, Fortnite was one that never really uh, stuck around for us, but it's certainly stuck around for the industry. And I don't know if mm -hmm. people enjoy us like covering the big wacky Fortnite news because it's always it always you know smacks of you know the kids are playing you know because we don't. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, oh, they they stole the the Among Us stuff, which is also it's kind of like you know the kids are playing the game that stole the the kids game, so um, it's not very hey, helpful. Some but... of us play Among Us and very much enjoy it, Ryan. That's true. That's true. I'm 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 the old one. I'm not very good at Among Us. I'm terrible at lying. Uh, so that's not, that's why I like playing with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I apologized for being the killer when we played last. So yeah. which is very on brand and very Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So one of the other, one of the other, um, topics that was sent in was major gaming achievements. Mm. So this one I actually found kind of difficult. And I think Ryan, you did too. Um, just because I, I find like, most games I play for fun as opposed to like playing for any sort of competitive reason. Although um, obviously like a lot of games have gaming achievements built into them. And so, I mean, but I don't know if that's really what the, what we're looking for here. So I didn't really go too far down the achievement um like in terms of of platform achievements. I didn't go too far down that road. Although I do think one of my biggest gaming achievements is getting 100% in Horizon Zero Dawn because most of the time I look at a lot of those achievements and I go, oh yeah, I could probably work on that. But by the time I'm finished the single player campaign, I'm just like, meh, whatever, I don't care. But that game was so good, I didn't want to stop playing. So I actually like platinum trophied my Horizon Zero Dawn. And that I was actually really proud of that. I was proud of myself for sticking with it. Nice. No, that's a good one. I think, uh, you know, I think Horizon Zero Dawn, it also may have had like those like do a bunch of one thing. I know God of War had it where you had to like kill, you had to collect a bunch of feathers or uh, yeah there were a bunch of uh collectibles a bunch of like combat things so you had to like kill x number of enemies using x specific weapon and uh but the one thing it didn't have and actually it's probably the reason why i ended up getting 100 percent in horizon and a lot of games i don't is because there was no difficulty achievement Mm, yeah it was just you can play through on whatever difficulty that you want and as long as you do these things then you can uh 100 it so that's a whole other conversation around you know difficulty and rewards and and everything else that we don't have to get into tonight because i think it's already going to be a long show but um yeah i think that uh that definitely allowed me to get the achievement i'm playing it through now on the on the highest difficulty just for my um just my own interest like <laughs> i've already played it i've already seen it i'm getting i'm getting excited for forbidden west so um, but yeah, there's no like actual achievement tied to that. And I I like that. That It made me feel really good that and I can't even remember if I played it through on casual or normal. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I just I felt like it was an achievement worth mentioning just because I tend to think of myself as a completionist and I do love working on achievements in basically every game that I play, uh, including Hearthstone. But because uh, they added those. <laughs> oh, that's right. They did. Yeah, that was uh, last year. They added achievements. Um, but yeah, I it is something I really, really enjoy doing. But very rarely do I actually follow through and get 100% of the achievements. So yeah, well, the, the thing is with getting 100%, like a lot of games are structured a way where I love that sweet spot where it's totally achievable in the first sort of playthrough. I think Spider-Man was uh insomniac spider-man was one that was pretty 
you could just play the game and then do some cleanup and then you had the, all the trophies. There were a couple of challenging ones that I think were like do a specific challenge in a specific amount of time or um but they were always they weren't like do all of the challenges at the specific, you know, ranking. It was kind of you know more cumulative where it was like, you know, do uh, um, uh you know, do five get you know get top marks in five challenges as opposed to all 15. And I think that's really smart, you know, achievement um, uh, design. And I think you're right. Like, I think PlayStation is, has really done their darndest with their trophy system to kind of, I think achievements in general have kind of moved away from like the completionist and more about just finding all the fun, you know, corners of a game and, and enjoying them. And letting you play the way that you want to play while still, you know, getting those hits of, what is it, serotonin or dopamine? Dopamine, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Serotonin, is that the thing you get from the sun? I think that yeah, might be. I don't be. remember. I don't know. We're not, a, we're not a, a health podcast. We're not a science place. No. <laughs> I went to the science center once, but it was a long time. I'm due up to return. Uh, yeah. I'm obviously, I'm lacking. Um, you know, for me, uh, the, like you said, it was a tough one. I I, I started to lean towards like podcast achievements, but then mm. I, I quickly steered away. But I think in terms of gaming achievements i think for both of us um i i have to mention all of our extra life stuff i know we always remember the last i was totally gonna leave that for last oh yeah <laughs> but you? you're you're totally right yeah i didn't put it in the notes on my side but i saw it on yours and i was like yeah definitely especially like this year obviously was huge it's the biggest year we've ever had but i think um for almost every year i think we had one year like one exception that was a little bit less but like we've seen growth year over year mm. which i think is really important and uh makes me feel really good about the effort that we're putting in uh to do the extra life stuff and and yeah i mean I think um, this year, personally, I broke the $15,000 raised mark and it just like, yeah, our, all of our extra life stuff has been incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those, you know, things we do each year that is um, you can you can track it, you can quantify it and you can see that, as you said, there is growth. I've also noticed like, you know, it's really um not only it's grown the community as well, like it's strengthened, you know, the gamers in as a community and you just see everyone come out for these events and um, just have a, a good time while raising funds for charity. And it's, uh, I know like we, it's adapted over the years where, you know, we've, <laughs> we've certainly left the 24 hours behind. I think it mm -hmm. took us maybe a couple extra years than it, it should have to, to make that change. Um, but I'm glad we did cause it's, it's just made it a better event for everyone, uh, both, you know, watching and, uh, participating as well. And, uh, it's always, it's always fun and it's always a great time. And, and I felt like, you know, we had to mention it, but yeah, like I wanted to, I, I wanted to front load it because, you know, my other ones are kind of like silly, like a, a major mm. gaming achievement, like enjoying the Wii U. I feel like, uh, not <laughs> a lot was, of people. That was a major gamer achievement. Oh my God. Yeah. I think you were the only one that achieved that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? If it, it's kind of an, uh, ultra an rare. <laughs> an exclusive club where i i feel like that platform um truly uh showed my uh nintendo fandom but i i found the fun with the wii u it took a bit but uh we got there and now everybody who owns a switch is also finding the fun with wii u because a lot of those games got ported um and uh just another one like finishing xenoblade chronicles 2 after being away this one's more recent so it was easier for me to 
to remember this one. I'm sure there are other things I'm forgetting, but you know, I very rarely return to a game once it's entered that like, you know, not back in the system mode where it's in the box and you just out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I need to get back to that. It's like a hundred hour RPG. Like, yeah, I'll get back. to. I was going to say, do you you have a final um, hour count on how long it took you to finish Xenoblade Chronicles 2? I mean, I I, I probably would on the switch, but I I think it was a hundred hours. It was it was close to it. Like it's a BV game. Um, and you know, it, it's, uh, it's one that I returned to after like over three years. I know we both played it at launch over the holidays of, uh, 2017 into 2018. And, uh, it just, it dropped off because it, it's such a massive game and there's always new it's stuff so coming out. Big. Yeah. And, um, I'm glad I went back to it. Uh, we did it for the TGI Patreon mini update corner and week by week, I think it took me like six months, but I finished it. And, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm better for it. I enjoyed it. It was a fun game. Um, you know, whenever I see announcements or rumors for a Xenoblade Chronicles three, I can get excited because I finished two. So that's good. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I was, uh, I was really happy with that one. Again, there's probably other ones I'm, I'm forgetting, uh, that are, I was gonna. I was another joke. Answer was surviving Road to Halo Four. That's also a major achievement for this podcast. <laughs> that is. That was definitely an achievement for me. Oh my god! Just getting through those games and coming out the other side. I have watched Matt play a little bit of Halo Infinite, and I keep looking at it, going, "I should probably just try it." And I watch him play, and I'm like, "This looks so boring and empty." And everybody's the same. Like these are all the same bad guys from before. Yes. And you have an AI that's like is Cortana, but it's not Cortana. And I'm just like, man, did they just hit copy paste? I'm sorry. Okay, that's it. That's all my Halo bashing. I'm done. <laughs> hey, it wouldn't be a, a a retrospective gamers in episode if we didn't have some Halo bashing, right? <laughs> that's true. Uh, I do feel bad because I know like you among many others very much love Halo, but I'd love it. Uh, but I can I totally see where you're coming from. You're not wrong, but. You know, sometimes carbon copies can be fun, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, says the Zelda fan, right? Like, <laughs> I get yes. it, I get it. Yeah. Uh, one more one more achievement I did want to highlight, um, because when I was going back through the show notes this afternoon, I randomly clicked on one week, uh, 153 episodes in, where uh, my comment for the week was, the road to legend starts now, and I was like, oh my god. So... 153 episodes would have been three years in. So approximately seven years ago, um, I I started trying to want to maybe think about being competitive in Hearthstone. And uh, it wasn't until this year that I actually put the time in and put the effort in. And I've now been legend a few times, but uh, it was, yeah, it wasn't until this year that I finally like hunkered down and did it. (laughs) So uh, for me, that's like a really big achievement coming like not only from this show, but for doing tack and, you know, going from I've never seriously paid attention to a card game past the art um, in my entire life to, you know, like covering Hearthstone week in and week out, putting out what I think is really good content over on the Angry Chicken side of things. And then, you know, going from that knows nothing gamer all the way up to, you know, a legend in North America. Like that's, that's a pretty big deal for me. So I, I thought I should include it a little bit of bragging. No, (laughs) Even though I know there's like a billion people at this point that have done it. Like it, it was a big deal for me. Well, you know what, in terms of 
co-hosts of this podcast I, even including guests like i don't know i'm trying to think i mean i i know garrett's been on the show has he hit legend he has not oh well then there you go you're still <laughs> top of the top of the tgi list right oh, I, well okay yeah the tgi list i thought you were gonna say the tack list i was like oh no ridiculous yeah. hat is literally like not only in legend rank right now but he's like double digits like he's like 26 or something in north america like he's ridiculous <laughs> Whereas, like, I get to Legend, and then I'm like, okay, how many people can I concede against to get everybody else into Legend? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, that's, that's still a major What's the opposite of a gatekeeper? The welcome committee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. No, I, I think that's totally worth mentioning. I, and that's the thing. I'm not competitive when it comes to video games. So, like, maybe I could add, you know, again, finding the fun in Dead by Daylight <laughs> to this list. Again, a, a, a recent <laughs> achievement. But I, I like, I failed to kind of find anything that was, like, uh, you know, uh, like a crowning achievement. I'm not good at competitive games either. And, and uh, you know, but, yeah, I uh, lots of fun stuff to look back at. And, I mean, we have um, one more category, games we missed over the years, which was another tough one for me because I kind of sample everything. You play everything. <laughs> I know. It's a problem. It's to the point that, like, guys, usually I come in, I look at the show notes, and I'm like, damn, I played, like, Hearthstone, WoW, and DBD. What the hell am I going to talk about this week? And Ryan's got like eight things. I'm like, I don't even, these words together don't look like game titles to me. And yet it's something that you found and played with three small children. How? What? <laughs> I, it, look, it's a, it's a problem. I need to, every year I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus in. Uh, and usually it's January where I'm going to focus in, I'm going to play these games. But it's also like at the same time, you know, where you, we buy a bunch of games on sale over the holidays and get some for Christmas. So it's like, all right, I'm going to focus in. Oh, wait, no, there's, I can't skip Horizon. I can't skip Zelda. I got, you know, and it go down the list and then you end up, and Game Pass is not helping either. As much as people say like, oh, you got to mention Game Pass. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's also, it's a blessing and a curse um because most of the stuff that joins the list is 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 game pass but i mean all all the games that i listed here are games that i have tried but have not got past the point where you know they've made it onto um the show for a full discussion and uh, and some of these might might have made like partial discussions but like the persona franchise is one that constantly pops up uh, i do have five i've played a little bit of it i i would love to um get into that game but again like isn't that another like 100 hour long experience yeah it's a huge jrpg it's huge yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a problem um for me and uh and that's the thing the trick is to play smaller games and even better play you know uh you know half of that smaller game so it's it's a little easier but um undertale is one that constantly people talk about uh i played a little bit of it uh you know it's got comparisons to earthbound and i only played a little bit of it because it launched on game pass i think last year so that was another one that i haven't had a chance to really like dive into and um you know one that one that's on your list but also one that uh, you know came out the same year and jokingly has like a similar title name was uh the outer wilds and the outer worlds are two games that um both you know i i never played the outer wilds but i i played a little bit of the outer worlds uh because it was on game pass and i just uh, i enjoyed it and I, I kind of fell off of it. And uh, I w- I, with the sequel coming out at some point, uh, I, w- I would love to get back to it. But like, yeah, I, I sort of sample everything. 
Yeah, Outer Wilds was on my list as well. And I'm pretty sure that was one of the ones that was nominated or won Game of the Year with some outlets a couple years ago. And uh, yeah, but it definitely, you're right. The whole Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds thing is very confusing. Like, (laughs) I I still can't tell you which one's which, but... um, (laughs) All I know is, yeah, I need to play them, basically. Um, and I and I don't want to go too much into into any of these because I feel like it's uh, ground that we have tread on gamers in many times. But uh, God of War, Last of Us, and um, The Witcher are are on my list. And God of War, I think I'm going to play uh, because the new one that's coming up this year does look really interesting to me. Um, I get Ragnarok, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Last of Us. I'm not sure about <laughs> um, it just because like everybody who recommends it just says like, oh, it's one of the greatest games of all time. But also you have to be in a very specific mental space for it because it's very depressing. Like, OK, <laughs> so then I'm always like sitting down. I'm like, what do I want to play? Do I want to play something that could be fun or something that's super depressing? Spoiler alert. I never pick super depressing. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's been a bit of my mental block with The uh, Last of Us. and uh, And then the witcher i that was one that i was never actually able to get into i only ever played um like to the first town of witcher 3 and uh, it just didn't grab me for whatever reason but now that i've watched the tv show and i love the tv show i love the tv show so much that we watch like we rewatched the first season before like starting the second one you know when the second one came out like i was like no you know what i want to rewatch the whole first season I'm going to understand what's going on a whole lot more and a whole lot better. I'm going to understand like timeline things and whatever. Let's watch all of season one, which is something I don't usually do. Um, yeah. And then we watched all of season two and I like, I really enjoyed it. I really, really like it. So I'm like, now that I have a more like information about the universe, maybe I would enjoy the games better. So that's that's on my like hmm list. But also The Witcher 3 was winning like Game of the Year awards in like 20, what was it, like 15, 14, something like that. So it's an oldie at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those titles that like is maybe looking at a remaster soon. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I think this year it's supposed to get uh, a bump on next gen consoles. So you could probably mm. uh, you could probably play the, the, the Game Pass version or, or pick it up it you might even already own it on one of the consoles but yeah it's supposed to have a next gen patch and you know for the last of us uh they're producing uh, a last of us hbo series so you could probably just watch it and it's got pedro pascal in it so like you can't go wrong mm, there i do so, like him yeah yeah i mean i'm it's it seems jokey to say oh, i'll just watch the tv show but at the end of the day i i feel like they are this is like a bone of contention on on zombies ate my podcast that that lou has is that well they're they're kind of just making the game. They're they're straight adapting it to uh, to television. I'm like, yeah, like that's it's a great story. Like, why change it? Bring it to a new audience that mm-hmm. you know doesn't want to play the game or, or hasn't played the game. And um, there'll be opportunities to tell like side stories and other uh, stories that that weren't included in the game for various reasons. You know, change up some stuff. So um, similar to The Witcher, you could watch that show when it comes out. Uh, I think this year and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So, I uh, it's hard to recommend the last like I obviously have recommended The Last of Us a lot. Uh but <laughs> at this stage like I have talked to folks who, you know, um The Last of Us 2 had had come out last year and like it is a game that you have to recommend and say and as you said like you know, you also want to make sure that 
you realize what you're getting into similar to frostpunk you know like you want to know what you're getting into with that game it may have stellar action gameplay but at the end of the day it's it's still uh, a very you know um it it has a dark dark world yeah yeah for sure so yeah yeah but god of war is great you should play god of war for sure yeah, that's that's on my list because it's coming out at the end of the month on PC. So uh, although now that I do have the PlayStation five and I think I said this maybe last week or the week before, um, I'll probably play it on there because that's the the best hardware in the house right now. So <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed the retrospective. And uh, I think Ryan had mentioned uh, Game Pass. And speaking of Game Pass, uh, that's what I played this week. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, <laughs> I did the typical Joss thing um, where I am normally in the Steam interface. Like, that's just the ecosystem that I normally have open. That's where I play DVD. So it's open on my computer all the time. And so when I'm looking for games, that's just kind of my go to. And I need to retrain my brain to not go to Steam first because I literally saw this game and went, oh, yeah, that's one that I wanted to play. And it was on sale on Steam for like 10% off or something, which it's already an under $30. So like I, the sale was like $2 off. And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> Instead of checking freaking Game Pass where it's there for free. But what I'm talking about is nobody saves the world. And this game caught my eye because um, and actually I'm surprised that this game didn't come up in our retrospective at all, because I feel like we played not only the original game, but also we played a lot of Don't Starve Together and Nobody Saves the World aesthetically kind of reminds me, just gives me vibes of Don't Starve. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I kind of, I saw that come up and I was like, oh, that, that looks kind of cool. And I'm not normally into, you know, like dungeon crawlers, but I had a great time in boyfriend dungeon. I swear boyfriend dungeon has completely changed my outlook towards like roguelikes and dungeon crawlers, (laughs) which is crazy. This game I wasn't even going to play if it wasn't for some silly controversy, Um, so yeah, this is one that I probably wouldn't have looked at before, but I'm having a lot of fun in it. And I mean, obviously it's great that it's, um, that it's available through Game Pass, but, um, yeah, it's the, it has an amazing soundtrack. I'm like running through dungeons and even like the overworld music. I'm like sitting there and I had to like tab out to, to work on show notes for a bit. And then I was tabbing back into it. And even when I'm tabbed out, I'm just like sitting there jamming in my chair and I'm like, what am I doing? So it's just this background noise from Nobody Saves the World. The soundtrack is and normally I'm not the one mentioning the soundtrack. That's Ryan's jam. But this one has a really great soundtrack. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I saw it in the notes. <laughs> this is, you know, another part of the problem of Game Pass being so easy to just install and 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 go. It's a small game. So I saw it in the notes like 20 minutes before we recording and I'm like, well, I got all my clips done. So let's check this out. And it is a game that, you know, gets going right away mm-hmm. and you're in the world, you get the, you get a good understanding of what's going on. Like Boyfriend Dungeon is a great comparison. You can't date the weapons uh, yeah, in this one, but, yeah. you know. Uh, but what you do actually get to do, uh, so you don't have different weapons necessarily. You have what's called different forms. So you kind of like wake wake up in this little house and you are nobody. And you're just this like little bland, nothing like person shaped character And as you go through, like you find this magic wand and it allows you to take different forms and each of the different forms allows you access to like gives you different powers, different types of powers. 
you can go different places. So like the first one you unlock is a rat and then you can go through like tight spaces and things, which is really interesting. And then there's like a ranged character and like a more of like a bruiser tanky guard character. Um, and, and you slowly start to unlock all of, I think there's 15 in total that you can unlock. And, uh, you, it like I said, gives you a whole bunch of different, uh, powers and access to new areas. So I'm really enjoying it. I've done the first three dungeons and it's just fun. It's just satisfying. It's another one of those things where as long as you're paying even half of attention, you just go in and kill a bunch of shit and it feels really good and really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even the first dungeon. Oh, yeah. So I guess I've done the first four because the technically there is a first dungeon when you when you first start the story. So, yeah, I've done four dungeons then. Yeah. But once the first one's like a little mini tutorial dungeon. Yeah, it's it's very short and sweet. And I think like like Boyfriend Dungeon, when you're starting out, um, it feels like, oh, is this the combat? It feels, you know, pretty simple. Um, this one gets going much quicker in that it, it is introducing you to the quick, you know, and fast combat. But then it quickly evolves as you 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 earn more abilities and more forms and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had even gotten the point where it was still tutorial, but it's like you try to leave the area and like, oh no, we're waiting for a ranger. And it's like, oh, well, I just unlocked the ranger form and you turn into the ranger and suddenly, oh yeah, you're a ranger. Maybe you're who, who we're looking for. You can go on ahead, pass this message along to the, mm -hmm. to the main guy. And I just think it's like, it's one of those video games that gets, I get this vibe that it's like, this is just going to be a fun experience. And that's, all they that's what they've put into this it's like every point of design is just to make sure you're having fun mm -hmm. and i really appreciate that it's not a you know it's not a game maybe it's a game that's trying to, i haven't played a lot of it maybe it's a game that's trying to tell a deep and and varied story yeah, but i mean the story so far does seem very simplistic it's like you wake up you don't have any memories or anything you leave the house and you come upon like your next door neighbor who is the like this big huge famous wizard but he's missing and then you go to the castle and the king's like, ah, there's this crazy evil thing that's taken over. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, you know, then have to go defeat all the monsters because the there's this calamity is happening and you don't know what it is. Um, and that's about as far as I've gotten. But I, like I said, I've probably played a few hours of it now and it's... Um, it doesn't seem to be a very complicated story, but it's it doesn't need a complicated story. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> and uh, I'm at the point now, the dungeon that I just did introduced a new combat mechanic that I really like. So each of your different characters has a different like damage type. So your rat is dark damage, your um, your ranger and your guard are sharp damage. And there's like sharp and blunt and light and dark i think and some enemies in dungeons won't actually take damage unless you first like break their shield and you break their shield by dealing a specific type of damage to them so you have to start to get good at like swapping between your different forms while you're like in the middle of combat when like new enemies come around the corner and join in then you're like oh man but i can't do anything to that guy until i bite him as the rat and then i can smack him as the guard and then i can shoot him as the ranger and it's it's really uh starts to get really dynamic really quickly so um i don't know how long of a game it is but it's it's very small the the download was less than a gig so mm -hmm. um yeah like and like i said it's um it's free over on game pass less than 30 bucks on uh, Canadian over on Steam. So 
depending on your platform of choice, I think um, Ryan and I are going to try to get through it for next week. So that will be our our main topic next week. If you guys want to uh, play along with us, go and check out Nobody Saves the World. I wanted to thank everyone again for all of the awesome messages and effort you put into our 500th 500th episode. Really wouldn't be the same without you guys. And uh, if you want to support us, support the show, you can either join the Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord, or you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin. We are looking for our February patrons. So if you'd like to support the show again, that is patreon.com slash thegamersin. We got like, oh my God. So this is our 500th episode. We thought we were going to be sitting back, chilling, reminiscing, being all nostalgic. And then Microsoft this morning blew my phone up at 8.30 a.m. So Xbox slash Microsoft is set to buy Activision Blizzard for seventy-seven zero billion with a B dollars, which is ten times the size of the crazy huge acquisition that we talked about a few months ago when Bethesda was purchased by Microsoft. And we were like, oh my God, seven billion dollars? That's so many billions. Bethesda's amazing. They're worth so much money. What's Microsoft even doing? Well, fast forward to this morning, they're spending 10 times as much to acquire Activision Blizzard. So um, Activision Blizzard, it's actually Activision Blizzard King, uh, King being the mobile gaming portion of the company um, that makes Candy Crush. Mm. So uh, when I guess King was acquired by Activision Blizzard, that was, I think, around like a $6 billion sale. So, you know, King is is... We always talk here because, you know, we Activision is the parent company. Most of the games that um, at least I play are Blizzard, are Blizzard properties. So we tend to drop the K part of ABK. <laughs> but uh, yeah, King is, is not an insufficient partner uh, within Activision Blizzard. So, uh, so yeah, $70 billion. Um, and so the acquisition is set to happen within Microsoft's um, fiscal year 2023, which ends in June of that year. So approximately 18 months from now. And uh, there have been kind of mixed reactions to this overall, I think, this morning. So there's a few different um, perspectives to consider here, I think, um, from the outside looking in. Personally, as a fan of Blizzard games who who does play a lot of their properties, I'm excited by the potential for new leadership. And I say that there have been kind of um, competing reports, I guess, about whether or not uh, we're actually finally going to get rid of that piece of trash human, Bobby Kotek. But um He's going to stay on for now, but there are rumors that he will leave once the acquisition is done. But if nothing else, the post from um, Microsoft this morning, from Xbox this morning, uh, Phil Spencer actually put one out on the Xbox news site that basically said, um, once the acquisition is complete, Activision Blizzard's like reports to me. So even if <laughs> somehow Bobby Kotek doesn't leave, uh, he now is going to have um, someone to answer to. So uh, 
Um, that makes me happy <laughs> because I feel like um, for a very, 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 very long time now, a lot of the decisions made across Blizzard properties, and I'm going to speak just to Blizzard because I don't want to, um, I don't play enough Activision games to know, like I'm not a huge COD person, so I don't know if all the same sort of themes are happening over there. But from a Blizzard perspective, a lot of the decisions that they have made, including things like Hearthstone Mercenaries being added into the game, um, including a lot of like the skins content, including a lot of the decisions on the WoW side of things, World of Warcraft side of things, have felt like they are very profit-driven and less about gameplay, more about money. And I understand companies need to make money, but I also believe that if you make a good game, people will give you money. So <laughs> they started to lean into more predatory monetization, and that made their games worse. So I'm hoping that by being acquired and, and putting some new people in charge, we may see, I mean, obviously Microsoft has a gajillion resources, so maybe they're less worried about nickel and diming people and less worried about getting titles out all the time because they have so many different studios. It's like all the pressure isn't on Blizzard anymore to do something every single year that's like a AAA release. So maybe we'll start seeing a little bit more of a return to how they used to be able to develop games, which was like, I mean, soon TM, ready when it's ready, like that kind of a mentality. Blizzard hasn't really had that for a while. It seems like the the delays that they've had have very much been like, we would put this out, but we can't because it's actually hot garbage and we know we don't have any, like, <laughs> I don't know, fan credit anymore. <laughs> like, you guys aren't going to give us the benefit of the doubt and let us fix stuff. Like, if we release one more broken product, you're gone. So, <laughs> I, yeah, Um I think there there's kind of that perspective is is the change in leadership and the potentially more resources going to to Activision Blizzard developers that that I'm pretty stoked about. Yeah, it it's uh it's a weird one when you look at acquisitions because um I've I've seen, you know, very very little takes of like wow, it's weird to get excited about acquisitions. These are billions of dollars being thrown around by billion, you know, trillion dollar companies and whatever. Mm -hmm. And like I get that take, like yeah, you don't have billions of dollars, neither do I, but I think that when you look at this specific acquisition and this is day 1 of of this story, lots more is going to come out and and lots is coming out. It's not even finalized yet, right? Like they still have to go through all the regulations and Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm I'm literally hand waving, like I'm waving my hand because I don't even know all of the <laughs> things that billionaires do in order to buy each other. It's not something that's come up in my life. <laughs> so this is basically just like they're at, yeah they're at a point that they've reached an agreement between the two companies, right? So Microsoft is now in a position to buy Activision Blizzard, uh, but it's not like final final. They need to get like. I don't know, approvals or something. Again, yeah. hand wavy. <laughs> there's there's some, you know, T's to there's dot and some, some I's to cross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm not a billionaire. Maybe I got that wrong. But I think that um, when you look at this acquisition, it's a little different. You know, I, I think when you look at acquisitions, it can be, um, oh, no, what are they going to do to this company? But like some of the background story we're seeing, uh, you know, specific to Bobby Kotick, specific to the situation and Activision Blizzard and how Microsoft has been approaching 
uh, and, and dealing with that. There's been a lot of, um, in the news, a lot of platform holders, you know, Microsoft, uh, Sony, even Nintendo commenting on the situation at Activision mm-hmm. Blizzard. And um, <laughs> my favorite take is like, you know, there's the headline of like Xbox reevaluating Activision Bl- relationship with Activision Blizzard. And then the next one is like buys them for 70 billion. And, you know, I, uh, somebody might look at that and be like, oh, that's, that's a terrible thing. It's like, and I think, well, maybe, you know, if they are serious about bettering the video game industry, like there's a lot of positives that can be seen here. And I, I mean, I'm, of course there are negatives. The thing is, the board is never going to do what the board needs to do, which is clean house at Mm -hmm. the highest level. But a larger company acquiring a smaller company is going to do exactly that clean house. And I think that what they're interested in is the IPs and I'm assuming the devs. Yes. Uh, And so they don't give a shit about the top people. And to be honest, neither do we. We haven't for a long time. They've done horrible, awful, terrible things and they've given way too much money to way too many awful men. So I think that there's like there's the devs at the bottom that we love and want to support that really, really like the properties that they're working on. And they pour a lot of themselves into those things. And then you've got the larger company with the resources to let them do that. You don't need the middlemen. Fuck all of them. They've had enough. Like, get rid of them. Clean house. And so I think those are the people they're going to get rid of. They want the talent. They want the IP. And that's at the bottom. So I expect they'll probably keep a lot of the dev team and then get rid of some of the weight at the top. Um, Yeah. Well, and and that's uh capitalism like right like the only way this problem is going to be because we we would discuss it every week like how are they going to fix this issue and at the end of the day the only way that the way that activision blizzard was set up the only way it was going to be fixed is if someone paid them to fix it and i think Mm -hmm. like this isn't them paying them to fix it this is them paying them to leave i do acknowledge that that feels really bad like i know i obviously am no big supporter of upper management at activision blizzard and it really sucks that some of the worst people out of all of the horrible stories we've been hearing over the last almost year now um those people are the ones that are going to walk away with millions and millions and millions of dollars. And so I know that that feels bad, but it's one of those like rip the bandaid off situations where just get it done, get them out and we can build something better when they're gone. And to that point, um, if Bobby Kotek is ousted as part of being acquired, then he is owed almost $300 million, which is really disgusting. However, if he is fired with cause, he gets like pocket change. And I mean, like when I say pocket change, it's like 300,000. It's it's more than I make in a decade. <laughs> but the point is that... Um, it's basically like nothing in the face of the $300 million payout that he would be due if he's just let go as part of an acquisition, which means there's a $300 million incentive for Microsoft to actually investigate Bobby Kotek and his role in all of these horrible HR stories that we've been hearing and the way that women have been treated at Activision Blizzard. And if they can prove cause they basically kick him out scot-free as opposed to having to pay him out this $300 million paycheck. So, I mean, obviously I don't, you know, understand all the ins and outs. I'm not a contract lawyer. I'm not an HR person. I'm, you know, whatever. But 
to me from the outside looking in, that looks to me like a good thing and that maybe there's a way that Bobby Kotek doesn't get a $300 million payout. (laughs) That would make me pretty happy. (laughs) I'm sure he's still got, you know, Blizzard stock money out the wazoo, but, you know, at least we wouldn't be paying him any extra. (laughs) Well, I think that was part of the conversation I'd seen online was, you know, he's already a millionaire. So giving him more millions is it does it change like if you got 10 bucks in your pocket and someone gives you 10 bucks it's like sweet i got 20 like it doesn't change your life it just means you have a little bit more money in your pocket i don't again once you get above like a certain amount of money it's hard to sort of quantify uh, it, the point is he's got lots of money he's gonna get a little bit more money and it's an outcome that you can it's the only way he was ever gonna leave right is he yeah. was gonna leave with a lot of money because that's how these people work So, I mean, it's not an unexpected outcome, which I think is why, even though it's negative and I don't want to see him prosper at the same time, it's like I said, rip the bandaid off. It's something we just have to accept and move on because it's going to be better for the company, the employees and us as like customers, like Mm -hmm. gamers going forward. So, you know what? I can, I can swallow that pill if I have to, just to get him the fuck out. Like I am done with him and I have Mm -hmm. been for a long time. Everyone is. And, you know, I, I don't realistically think that there is any world where he stays on past the like one year to 18 months. Like once the acquisition is complete, like I, I don't see him either being kept on or, you know, like he's just such a stain on the company now that it wouldn't make any sense to keep him in charge, especially with the comments from Phil Spencer, yeah. you know, prior to all of this, which when you find out they're working on a like deal behind closed doors, it's like, first of all, that to me tells me that everything that Bobby Kotek has said about like, oh, I'll step down if it would help. Like that was bullshit. Like we knew it was bullshit, but now like we know it was bullshit. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of, you know, bullshit, you know, flying around yeah. with this. And I, and I think like uh, there's starting to be stories about how the deal came to be. And like it was supposedly post uh, all of the news reports from, you know, about Activision Blizzard and everything that was going on there. And it was Phil Spencer calling, you know, Kodak, starting those conversations. And Kodak was, you know, originally not willing to sell, but like he's in this specific instance, he was kind of cornered by the board in the sense that like, if you get an offer, you got to take that. I assume you got to take that to the board. That's your responsibility to the board. I guess business things. (laughs) I assume Uh, like if someone says like, we want to give you $70 billion. uh, Yeah. I don't think you can, you can uh, not bring that to the board. Yeah. He can't unilaterally make the decision to say no. So he would have had to bring it to the board. And I guess the story goes is like, he thought about, like he had no choice but to sell at that stage because like if you get a solid offer, I think it's like, you know, there's a lot of market cap tweets going around today and uh, they were saying it's 45 percent above, you know, market value. So it's a it's a it's a good deal for them, which is also kind of ridiculous. It's like you manage the company so poorly that you drive your stock down to the point where you can actually be acquired. It's still 70 billion dollars, obviously, but yes. like you put yourself in a position because you're doing such a shitty job that you then are cheap enough to be bought out for 45% over market value. But it's like you drove that market value down. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like even at $70 billion and quote unquote 45% above market value, like Microsoft's probably still getting a decent deal on this. And especially with all the IPs that they're getting, 
Um, I think that they're they're definitely going to come out on top here. And uh, yeah, so I think it's it's kind of ridiculous. You do such a shit job. Like it just feels like capitalism in a nutshell. <laughs> like you do such a shit job. And yet somehow on the other end of it, you get 70 billion dollars. Like what? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I mean, to, to talk about the IP specifically, um, there's been a lot of talk about uh, specifically Overwatch and COD because they are multi-platform properties. And we saw with the Bethesda acquisition that, you know, new things coming out are going to be Xbox exclusive. So Starfield, for example, which is coming out this year, is going to be exclusive to Xbox. So there were some questions about Overwatch 2, which is coming out, um, hopefully, maybe, potentially, who knows, <laughs> um, coming out in 2023. Uh, same with Diablo 4. Uh, Diablo 4, less so. Uh, I think people are kind of assuming Diablo 4 will probably be Xbox slash PC exclusive. Um, but Overwatch 2 and Call of Duty, because they are multiplayer, multi-platform properties, wondering what this means for those IPs. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Like, there's obviously been a lot of like similar when Bethesda got uh, acquired a lot of like well you know we don't yeah we we like PlayStation you know it's it's a weird conversation where they don't want to straight up say like no it's going exclusive but as you know the the transaction was completed and games started to come out yeah of course Xbox is going to make these uh, exclusive and it and it benefits them to put them on Game Pass right. Yeah, and Xbox is in this kind of interesting like situation where they are also making Microsoft Windows, right? So they're already in most homes. And so it's it's kind of I guess they're the best positioned of like the of Xbox um PlayStation or Nintendo to say, you know what, we're just going to keep this in our ecosystem because their ecosystem includes a whole bunch of PCs. It's not just the Xbox in the way that Sony is just the PlayStation. So it's kind of a, a, a definitely an eyebrow raise from me because I think that they're probably smarter to keep those properties specifically on many different platforms just because then they're reaching more gamers and you need as many people playing as possible to keep those games viable because i mean like overwatch is funded mostly by a loot box system why would you ever <laughs> limit the number of platforms where people can go and buy your loot boxes and i don't know how many like playstation console gamers are going to be incentivized enough to become pc gamers <laughs> do you know what i mean like mm -hmm. um they may or may not actually make that switch for something like COD or something like Overwatch 2. So I think those are the two biggest questions in terms of exclusivity. But then another question comes up with World of Warcraft because they currently have a mandatory subscription model. As far as I know, and I think we've we've talked about this before and and of course, I'm blanking. Um, as far as I know, they are... Oh, you know what? I think Final Fantasy has a subscription too, but like only for their newer content. Like You can play all their past expansions for free, but then you need a subscription to play the most recent one. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, anyways, World of Warcraft is one of the last ones to have a required subscription for basically all content. You can play up to 
well, it used to be level 20, but then they squished things. So it's probably like level 10 now um, for free. But after that, you need a subscription. And that's basically like you get to do a starting zone. Like it's very much like a, a tutorial dip your toe in and get addicted type of a situation. Um, but their main business model is is to be a subscription, which is really interesting when the company that just bought them has a subscription service. I, for one, as someone who pays a World of Warcraft subscription, wouldn't mind if it got lumped into Game Pass so I could stop paying them every month and just pay for one thing that I'm paying for instead of two things. So for me, it could like chop my subscriptions in half. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be nice. I think that, you know, when you look at WoW specifically and compare it to um, the Bethesda acquisition with Elder Scrolls Online, um, Elder Scrolls Online's base game is available uh, as part of Game Pass, which is a purchase, a purchasable item. Um, but the the subscription stuff, which isn't required to play, is is above and beyond that. Uh, right. Even with Ultimate, I think with WoW, WoW is an example of like from a monetary standpoint, it's a don't don't touch it if it's not broken. Like the subscription mm -hmm. stuff is still working when content is good. Yeah, but content has been bad for multiple years now. Like, yes. And, I, and I'm not just saying that to be a dick to World of Warcraft. Like, I mean, realistically, like numbers are going down. Feedback is generally negative. There's not a whole lot of people that are really enjoying the game to the point that, you know, when all this news broke and when all these terrible things happened in the past year, like people have just walked away. And mm -hmm. these are the kind of people that w would not could not have walked away for any other reasons. Like you've seen so many stories about like, ah, I got divorced because of World of Warcraft, like not hyperbolically, you know. So, I mean, like these are people who come hell or high water played World of Warcraft and they've walked away in the past few years. And uh, so I think that um, maybe it does need some fixing, especially when a World of Warcraft subscription gets you dick all except for the game. <laughs> like really and truly, yeah. like it doesn't let you, it lets you log in. That's the only thing it does. When you look at other subscription services, even if like ESO is the one I'm the most familiar with where it's not required to play the game, both ESO and World of Warcraft, you have to pay for expansions. So there's the subscription to World of Warcraft doesn't include that content. It includes patches, but every game does. Um, and then if you look at the ESO subscription, like you get extra inventory space, you get um, in-game currency to spend or not in-game, I guess, in-store currency to spend. But you get like their special extra currency. You get a chunk of that every month, like you get actual tangible benefits. You get all the access to all the DLC because they do um, like smaller pieces of DLC that include like dungeons as opposed to like the larger expansions. Um, and those are, I think, somewhere around like 10 or 15 bucks each maybe. Um, so as long as you keep an active subscription, you don't have to pay any of those fees. Like there's a lot that goes into an ESO subscription where World of Warcraft, like, we let you get past the login screen. What? <laughs> like, they've just, they've been the big boy too long. They're not keeping up with everybody else. So if access to the game is the only thing you're locking behind a subscription, why not just lock it behind the Game Pass subscription? Yeah, no, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that's a really, you know, strong argument for it, you know? Um, and yeah, like build it in so that uh yeah you can subscribe just to wow or for a couple extra bucks a month you can get everything else we got 
I think they would see a lot, uh, like just a, a lot more people, I think, would would try World of Warcraft out if it was just on Game Pass, which is a subscription they're already paying. I think that, you know, paying 15 or 20 bucks a month is, is just too much for a lot of people. Um, and so I think it's definitely a deterrent to getting into World of Warcraft, especially now when World of Warcraft is a like 15 year old game, 15 plus year old game. It's just a much harder sell. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is the this is the thing where when we look at this an acquisition, you're like it's it can be tough to be really positive about one company buying another. But in this specific instance, like there's so much that Xbox is doing right uh, in the video game industry right now, like even looking at Halo Infinite as a game that was supposed to launch alongside a new console and they decided to delay it a year to get it right. Um, and, and they did, they, I think they nailed it. They delivered a, a proper, you know, follow up to Halo five with Halo infinite, uh, both from a campaign and a multiplayer standpoint. And that year of extra development could only be possible by leadership that supports those type of decisions. It's very rare that you get a company that publicizes a release date, attaches it to a, to a next generation console and then delays at what essentially was the last minute, like the last month before the game came out. And I think that that can only serve Activision Blizzard in, in great ways where uh, I think it will allow um, Blizzard to go back to other uh, other IPs that they have and and have a second look at StarCraft. You know, mm-hmm. have a second look at a, at a Warcraft RTS that, yeah, may not sell as well as some of their other titles, but at this stage like microsoft doesn't care about they're looking for content they want these ips to to flourish they don't care if they're not billion dollar games you know Mm -hmm. like look psychonauts 2 is an example like they bought double fine and they they gave double fine the resources and the time they needed to finish a game uh, a sequel to a game that's been long waited and it came out to critical success and Mm -hmm. it's been doing really well uh it got reward or awards and whatnot so I think that this is good. There's a, there's a part of Blizzard that we've heard about for a while that is basically like their think tank, which is like trying to come up with the next big thing. And you're right, like the Psychonauts 2 story is a really good example of how those devs on those teams may flourish. Like if they're just like don't have Activision and Bobby breathing down their necks, probably literally because literally, he's such a fucking creep. But like if they don't have that pressure, like maybe we'll actually see some really cool, really interesting new IPs coming out of Blizzard and support for some old stuff that, you know, wasn't a big money maker. But I don't think Microsoft necessarily cares as much about that. Like they're so big <laughs> that they can, you know, like take some of those they can make riskier plays. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, exclusivity i think like this one is a little bit this acquisition is a little bit different from bethesda like as you said with the the multiplayer games i think overwatch and call of duty coming to other platforms i think you're going to see less you know uh, marketing deals that playstation has obviously had with uh, call of duty with their dlc and stuff but i think those games still come out on those platforms but diablo 4 as a pc sort of you know, mainstay game that has uh, the franchise has been ported to console. Absolutely. I can see that one being Xbox only and PC. Um, That one doesn't require a a vibrant multiplayer community. It just requires people to be, to be playing. And I think that uh, 
both PC and Xbox is fine, but like, I think they're going to be more strategic with this one. Um, whereas with Bethesda, I really think like, yeah, eventually all those single player games that we know and mm-hmm. love are, are yeah, going to be exclusive. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, there, there is another like larger conversation that we're not going to have this week because honestly, much like a lot of the lawsuits we've covered lately, um, it's very much beyond me to have these conversations, but there are a lot of financial people specifically having conversations around the idea of antitrust and monopolies and things like that. And those are laws that I do not understand. So I do not feel, (laughs) you know, like basically like, I don't want to say smart enough to comment on, but definitely informed enough to comment on. So um, there is that part of the conversation too. I didn't want you guys to think that we were just glossing over it and, and, you know, not going into it, but um, yeah, I would say um, if you're interested, there's a lot of people out there writing articles and doing shows specifically just on that kind of legal side of things. So if that interests you, um, definitely go and check those out. And um, if we if we find any in the next week or so, we'll we'll put them in the show notes for you guys next week because I'm sure we're going to be talking more about this next week. But um, yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed our take on this. It's a huge story. This is a very like hyping hot takes <laughs> edition mm-hmm. of Gamers In because like I said, this is just, it's such a, a big story. There's a lot to wrap our heads around. We're probably going to be talking about this again next week. Um, so yeah, if you want to share your thoughts on um, Microsoft and Xbox acquiring Activision Blizzard, then again, for the 800th time in this episode, go and check out our Discord. It's bit.ly slash TGI Discord where you can join in on all of our awesome conversations. We have a great community over there, as you guys saw off the top of the episode. You guys are so great, so amazing, so invested in the show, and we wouldn't have done 500 episodes if it wasn't for you. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us every week. We really appreciate it. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so. I'm Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone.